0: Hello, and thanks for tuning in to our Monday Night Godcast, an immersive and interactive discussion of the Bible. If you're listening to this right now, then I know for a fact that God has something for you. That's right, you. I'm glad you're here. Let's dive into God's Word and see what He has in store for us today. Chains. I think that's about it so far. <laughs> um, so today we're looking at um, what it means to be a child of God, and you know those 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 worship songs kind of hit on that of like you know, being no longer a, a um, slave to fear, but a child of God. So we're gonna kind of dig deep into that and kind of see what that means. So, again, the, the whole point of like, what, we, what we're going through is, um, as we went through the book of John prior to all this, um, we saw a lot of people asking who is Jesus and him asking everyone in return who do you say I am. So now we're really digging into the other side of it of who he says that we are. Um, going from you know, moving into identity and, and how that impacts us why it matters, and, and what it means. So, I'll open it up to you guys first, before we get into it. What does it mean to be a child of God? There's no right or wrong answer. What does it mean to you, or what do you think it means, or, or what have you heard that it means?
1: I would say it means, like, we're God's children, kind of like, we're His, um, I always like the term when I talk about vessels, where His hands and feet, were. Put onto this world to do things to honor him and you know we were all um, created with a purpose so I feel like going back in the times of growing up from when it was the bible, bible school days or going to church and unpacking what was said each and every time and you're like now you connect connected to where you are now and you're like okay, this stuff does make sense. And you're like, okay, I can keep learning more and put into practice what I have learned. So, I always think that's fascinating. Cool. right,
2: anyone else? What does it mean to be a child of God? I was thinking more of a literal. Something to, like, be like a child. Okay. To be like someone where you're not, like, you don't try to be a leader or an adult or you don't try to be the... You don't try to be the hands and feet. You don't try to be God yourself. Be a child of God. Be I know it talks about having faith like a child. Hmm. To always... To just trust God. To fully trust and believe that He is God and that you are His child. That you're not in control, that He is in control.
0: Cool. What else? To be a child of God...
1: For me, is that no matter what I do
3: to make mistakes, he's always going to choose me, whether I choose him back or not.
0: Mm-hmm. Like it. What else? These are all great.
4: Um, I have two thoughts. Um, one, I think it's like when you're growing up and you think of your parents as like a role model of like, mm-hmm. this is what you want to resemble. Like you look at God, it's like, he's leading the way as to like what you should do with your life Um, but I also think of it as a term like from when we're talking about a new creation like when you're born as a child like you have a fresh slate of like all these things you could do with your life where like when you find Jesus you're a new creation like you have all these things you can do to support him and like his kingdom
5: Cool. Uh, Galatians 326 says that we're sons of God through our faith in Jesus Christ. So it's the faith that we have in him that sets us apart. Um, not every human is a son of God or daughter of God because they don't have a faith in Jesus Christ. It's the faith that we have in Jesus that has made us an adopted child of God. And, um, just to tie in with somebody's song that they chose tonight, um, Galatians, Galatians four. Uh, I think it's twenty seven. Uh, oh nope, fake news. Uh, wait, where is it? Um, hold up, I googled it so that I'd know where it was. Four seven. There it is. Um, it says you are no longer. Uh, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God.
0: So
6: there you go. cool. There you go. Awesome. Add one too. Obedience too can show you're a child of God. Yeah, yeah for um, sure. One of my favorite books in the Bible is um First John to uh third John where it talks about being obedient, like he talks about little children, be not deceived. He that does uh does not do righteousness is of the devil and stuff like that. They're not, you know. Categorized in the child of God area, but those who actually, you know, like all of us pursuing God, actually wanting an intimate relationship with God, that's being like the child of God.
0: Cool. You said First John.
6: Yeah, I don't. I, it's like in here. Oh, First okay. John. Second, first, oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, am cool. about said, that's where we're gonna be. There you go. Yeah, and so when you think about, um, you know, just an earthly child and an earthly father, you—I, th- you know, at least I do—I think of. Um, you know, child mimicking what he sees or what she sees um, their father doing. You know, talking like Dad, walking like Dad, dressing like Dad, doing what Dad does, like all these things. Um, you know, like, I just think of, like, a little kid and, like, a giant pair of dress shoes with a long tie on them that goes to the ground and, you know, wearing their dad's clothes and being like, look, I'm Dad. Um, and I think in a lot of ways that's, that's kind of, like, you know, what it resembles for a child to be acting like their father. So, let's turn to 1 John 3. Not John, but 1 John 3. And you're in the very end of the Bible, you're in the right spot. 1 John chapter 3.
1: I don't know if we're reading verse 1 yet, but um, I literally just thought of the song that has those words in it, (laughs) so anyway, can we get into it?
0: Yep, we will. Oh, nice. Um, We're actually going to be starting with the two verses prior, just because of the way it cuts off, so 1 John 2, verses 28 and 29, and then it goes into chapter 3. Um, Does anybody want to read that? Um, Starting from... John chapter 2, 20, 29 those last two verses of chapter 2, and then reading through chapter 3 up to uh, verse 10. I'll split it for somebody. Go for it. All right. I'll start at um, the
1: end of 2. And, mm-hmm. All right. uh, Let's see. And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous... You know that everyone who does what is right has been born of Him. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that He did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what will be has not yet been made known. But we know that what Christ appears, we shall be like Him, for what shall see Him as He is, all who have this hope in Him, purify themselves just as He is pure. Stop the verse 4. Let's
0: split. Let's split. Read or I can keep Everyone who sins is breaking God's law. For all sin is contrary to the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins. And there is no sin in Him. Anyone who continues to live in Him will not sin. But anyone who keeps on sinning does not know Him or understand who He is. Dear children... Don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. They belong to the devil. line. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil, who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning, because God... Because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. Thoughts, comments, questions? Seems repetitive. Seems
2: like, all right, it's um, I can get down with that. But what do you guys think? I don't know, <laughs> it kind of to me like it because I'm gonna have to re- keep rereading and kind of do more studying into it, but it almost sounds like it's kind of contradicting kind of what Jesus has said about that all sin and all blasphemy will be forgiven, and then it's kind of like, well, then if I if I keep sinning, because if we all, because every all Christians always say we sin every day. Well, if we sin every day, then are we truly children of God, and are we even Christians, or are we even have we seen Jesus? Then, if we keep sinning every day, okay, that's what I get from this, or we, that's a question I have. We are
0: going to get into that. Okay, that's a great question because yeah, it, it does sound like well, you know, because like verse six says, anyone who continues to live in Him will not sin. Anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him or understand who he is. Well, that sounds like none of us could know, That's possibly know, know who he is or be able to live in him or him to live in us because we all sin. Mm. Um, great observation, great question. We will get into that today. What else?
4: I mean, so for, I have the Passion Bible, so I have like a lot of, so it says for verse 6 that it says, The present tense of the Greek verb throughout this section indicates behavior that is persistent and habitual. John is not speaking of those who are yet to walk in complete victory, but those who continue sinning and find ways to excuse and justify it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just saying, like, the people who kind of know of Jesus, but they still sin and justify it, even though they know it's wrong, but they still are like, oh, well, I have an excuse. Kind of like what Gary was telling me earlier. He was saying, like, you know... We all sin but it's kinda like like I think like the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit type thing mm-hmm. where like you know you're sinning but you give yourself excuse or you're like, Oh I'll be forgiven or I can do that because I, I think that's kinda what this is talking about. Yep. Like you're giving yourself an excuse even though you know it's wrong, but you're like, Oh well God will forgive me anyway but that's not a reason to keep sinning type thing. Yeah.
0: So. That's good. You know what? Let's let's get into that right now actually. Um, we'll jump to verse six and, and kinda hit on that. So 4, 5, and 6 um, starting at verse 4 everyone who sins is breaking God's law, for all sin is contrary to the law of God so sin does not equal God this was a math equation they are not the same you cannot sin and be one with God you can't. his nature is it goes against sin and sin goes against his nature You know that Jesus came to take away our sins, and there is no sin in him. So we're supposed to have Christ in us, and he is in us. So sin can't be in us if there is sin. Sin can't be in us if Jesus is in us, and Jesus can't be in us if sin is in us. We can't have sin in us and Jesus in us. doesn't mean we don't ever commit a sin. How do I know that's what it means? There's a few other references to that. First um, John 2, verse um, well, 1 and 2. Um, if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. Mm, that's not the verse I was going for, actually. Oh, it was right above that. First um, John 1, 8 says, If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Mm. If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. Mm. So, John is not saying here, if you... If you sin ever again or if you have ever committed sin that you cannot be called a child of God and you can't have God in you and Jesus can't have any place in your heart that's not what he's saying and what you mentioned Haley um about the the different tense tenses like in the Greek it implies habitual sin it implies if you are living in sin if you are um Continuing to sin, living in sin, abiding in sin is how it's put in another translation. That's what it's talking about here. Of anyone who continues to live in sin.
2: Hmm. Is it kind of like saying, like, anyone like the, the uh, denies sin, but like denies to themselves that what they are doing is sin? Like if, I, like, if I'm stealing something and I was like, well, that's not really a sin. That's like what he's talking. Like, is that what he's talking about? Like denying the fact that you're like almost denying the word of God. You're denying that God that. said, "Don't steal," and you continue to steal. And you're saying, "Well, I'm justified stealing because whatever reason you're justifying yourself mm-hmm. to steal." Mm-hmm. That's okay, yeah, it, it could
0: it could be anything. Um, any any habitual sin, anything that you keep going back to. Um, in some ways, the question isn't even, "Do you sin or not?" because we all sin, the question is how do you how do you react when you sin? Mm-hmm. Do you give in to the pattern of sin? Do you let it dominate your lifestyle? Or do you humbly confess your sin and battle against it with the power that Jesus can give? Another way to put it. What's important is that we never sign a peace treaty with sin. And we don't wink at its presence or excuse it by saying, oh, "Everyone has, you know, his or his or her own sinful areas, and this one is mine." It might be stealing, it might be lying, it might be, you know, sexual morality. It might be something else. So Jesus, Jesus understands. I'm good. He's, you know, I'm forgiven. So I'll just keep doing it because that goes against everything that Jesus says and and what we are, who we are in Jesus, and it goes against what He's done in the cross.
2: question. That was so, solid. That was, I was almost like, oh man, here goes another Gary spiral. No, I'm no, no, it it's, it's
0: great. No, I mean, 100%, like, there are, there are a lot of questions like that where it seems like it's completely contra- contradictory to something else that the Bible says where, you know, even verses that are like, you know, God will forgive and forget our, he'll, he'll forget about our sins and people will be like, God can forget our sins? Does that mean that, like, he doesn't remember it that God, like, lost his memory. Like, you know, he says that he forgives us and that he's, like, forgotten it also. it's so, like, forgotten as though he won't hold it against us. Because if we were to take it as the literal word God forgets our sins, that would do a few things that would contradict something that's a, a definite. That would mean that we're saying that God isn't all-knowing and all-powerful and that we know more than God, like... <laughs> I remember this sin that I did, but God doesn't because he said he forgot it. That would go against who he is. So he won't hold those sins against us anymore as another example of that. So no, that's a great question to bring up because otherwise you're looking at this like, oh, well, I've sinned and I probably will still sin again so that means that I can't understand who he is according to this. Not what that's Satan. If you're making a habit out of sin, if you're abiding in sin and making, making it part of your... Your, you know, day-to-day life mm-hmm. and abiding in sin. Then that's what he's talking about here, because you can't abide in sin and abide in Jesus.
2: That's why I asked the question because I was like, I know there's no contradiction, like the Word of God does not contradict itself. And I was like, I'm missing something there. I'm glad I asked this question because you answered it right. Like I said on the head, cool, it's good. All
0: right, guys, verse one. We are going to dive into verse one and stay here for a minute. Of chapter? Of chapter 3. Okay. Yeah, no, I kind of jumps around a little bit there. Um, 1 John chapter 3. Can someone just read um, verse 1? Of- See what kind of love the Father has given us, that we should be called children
5: of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Mm-hmm.
7: Mm-hmm. Mine says because the world didn't recognize him, he mm-hmm. didn't recognize us.
1: NIV uses lavished, which I like in verse
0: 1. Alright, so let's break it down a little bit. Let's just look at the first half of the first sentence. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children. Yeah. all the first sentence. And that is what we are. What does this mean? What does this do?
1: makes us feel good, or makes us have a sense of um, reassurance, that's the word, reassurance, that, um, like, we kind of started the discussion with was, we're all, you know, you know, uh, his children, and, you know, he does all the, continues to do all the great stuff for us, and, you know, we look up to him when we need him the most, so...
2: So I think there's three things. That is, it's the great love of the Father, that the Father gave us that love, and that the reason why we know God is because of that love. Mm -hmm. And that's like the vice versa, the reason why the world doesn't know it is because they don't know Mm -hmm. who's giving the love, and they don't know that they have have been given that love. I think that's why like Jesus always times always says like if you don't discard like the lesser or greater commandments but it, all commandments fall under love if you love then all commandments will follow and I think that's just reiterating love it's very important to let the world know that God loves them and then once they know that maybe that will help even people around the world that don't know Christ to understand who Christ is that he is love. that you are loved even if you don't think you are wherever, wherever you are in life you are loved
8: Mm-hmm.
2: So if we look at this as, right, so it says, see how
0: very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. What if we just kind of rephrase it, just kind of swapping the, the way the words are there. He calls us his children, that's how much he loves us. And not just that he calls us, that is what we are. We are his children. That's how much he loves us. He didn't just save us.
8: Mm-hmm.
0: Which, that's a lot. Uh, you know, he could have saved us out of pity. And like, "Whew, these guys didn't get it right. Let me send my son down there. He'll down on the cross, that's still quite a love. Down the cross, he did nothing, he didn't deserve it, but I'm going to put him up on that cross and, and give him salvation where man can be saved from hell. And then they'll be fine. Mankind will be saved if they choose to be saved. He went, he went far past that, which that's already, that's amazing grace already. But he went far beyond that to call us children, to say, mm-hmm. I'm not just going to save you, I'm going to take you in as my own. Yeah, there's
1: a significance in the type of love that's going on here. You know, it's one thing to
7: love the people you see at the grocery store. It's another to love your best friend down the street. It's another to love your kids or your family. Yeah. So there's, I think, it speaks to
0: that. Mm-hmm. So, we can also look at who calls us children of God. So, He calls us our children, his children. We also have, actually, I'm going to um, give three different references. If I can have three different people look them up. Um, Who wants to take 2 Corinthians 6.18? I'll take that one. All right. Who wants to take Hebrews 2.11? Sure. And who wants to take Romans 8.16? Sure. Cool. All right. Matt, when you're ready, um, 2 Corinthians 6.18. All right. Got it. Pay hey, attention. Right? We're going looking for who else who calls us children of God. Go for it. Right. And I will be a
1: father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty,
0: AKA the Father. Yes. I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. All right, Hebrews two eleven. <laughs> Small book, easy to pass. Thank you. <laughs> <President>. <laughs> It's right before she
8: brews. <laughs> <Okay>.
3: <laughs> Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are this of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters.
0: So here Jesus calls us children of God. He's calling us brothers and sisters. And Jesus is the son of the father. Therefore he's calling us children. He's calling us his brothers and sisters. Which is why we reference each other in Christian. my brother in Christ, my sister in Christ, right? Because Jesus has called us his brothers and sisters, Jesus is the Son of the Father, and therefore, and we are, we have been adopted into the Father as his sons and daughters. Mm -hmm. Alright, and last but not least, Romans 8.16.
3: For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children.
0: So we have the Spirit calling us his children as well. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So the Father calls us his children. The Son that says that we are His child as well. And the Spirit says that we are His child. God's child. Which makes sense because they are all one. They are the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They all call us the same thing. See how very much our Father loves us. He calls us His children. And that is what we are. There's a sense in which this is a total unnecessary blessing that God gives us in the course of salvation and a demonstration of his true and deep love for us. We can picture someone helping or saving someone but not going so far as to make them part of the family, but that's what God has done for us. In this we gain something in Jesus Christ greater than Adam ever possessed. We never once read of Adam being called one of the children of God, in the sense that John talks about here. Adam was never adopted as a son in the way that believers are. And A lot of times in the Christian world, we, we think about it as, as uh, redemption or a restoration of what was lost with Adam. But we're gaining back what Adam lost, but we're, we're granted a lot more in Christ than what, than what Adam ever had. Adam was never called a child of God. He was his creation, but he was never... We, we have it in a whole different way than, than what he had back then. And if that's the case, imagine how different the world would be if all the brothers and sisters in Christ actually treated everyone as a brother and sister, as a sibling. Alright, second part of verse 1. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know Him. What's going on here? It seems self explanatory, but what's going on?
2: Maybe because we're so different? Or it's counterculture, I guess?
0: Yeah. Simply because of the fact that God is our Father, and that we're gonna be strangers to the world, or should be strangers to the world.
6: That's because oh, No, you good. That's because it's run by the devil. You know what I mean? It's like, you know what's so crazy? You know how God is like the same yesterday, today, and forever, and so you know how the devil brought sin onto this earth. And they gave people this perspective of how, you know, drinking's normal, uh, shooting killings normal, things like that. When really it's not how God, always had holiness in the beginning and stuff like that. But because now that we're, children of God and we're out of sin and stuff, we can see the actual. Our eyes are open to the truth. We actually see, um, how life was meant to be to be in holiness and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, yeah,
0: that's good. And
6: what does holy mean? Um, good. just obeying God, right? It just.
0: Holy is, is set apart. Set apart. Set apart yeah. Oh, yeah. A holy, holy, holy God. <laughs> you are set apart from everyone. You, you are different. You are you are yeah, sanctified. You are made holy. You are set apart from everything else. There is this holiness and there's everything else. Mm-hmm. So overall, you would expect you would expect the uh nope, jumping ahead of myself. Um if we're not set apart, if we don't look different, if the world does recognize us, that poses a, a danger. Because you would expect... Just kidding. Keep dumbing down. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows the danger of a Christianity that works so hard to show the world just how much we can fit in and look like everyone else. We can't be surprised or offended to find out that the world does not know us. To find people who think that, oh, you're different. They're different. Oh, they're Christian. Oh, they do things differently. Good! That's mm-hmm. what we're called to be. <laughs> set apart. So if you're... You would expect that the world to, to treat us as it treated him. Jesus was rejected. Jesus was crucified. He was whipped. He was spat on. You know, he was... He was also loved by sinners, and people flocked to him when they recognized the love. But those same people then also cried out, crucify him. So it doesn't mean that we go out intentionally trying to make enemies, and that we give people a reason to hate us and be like, Hey, don't do what you're doing. That's not what you're supposed to do. Because that is not doing it in love. We're not trying to go out and make enemies and be set apart for a bad reason. By the very nature of being a child of God will cause division and hatred from the world. That's a promise, God told us. <laughs> Jesus said that I am here to cause division. Even among families and friends, Like mm-hmm. there will be division and there will be separation. People won't like you just because you associate yourself with me. He doesn't say you might not be liked by some people. Some people might now I invite you to some of their events. And he's like, no,
6: people will hate you. Street preachers. Yeah. They go out and preach the gospel and stuff. And then people will start cussing them out. I seen a video where um, this guy, he was preaching on, on the street at night. Mm-hmm. And then this lady just threw her a cup of, uh, I don't know what drink it was. But she, she just threw it at him. <laughs> I think like, I, oh. I seen that
2: video. It was like a whole bunch of people.
6: I know, yeah. That was insane.
2: I was like, bruh.
8: Mm-hmm.
6: But yeah, getting persecuted for his namesake, and then he also gets a reward in heaven too for that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, he guess that added to like his mansion or something, like whatever he gets. <laughs> All right.
0: Anything else in verse one before we move on? Don't worry. At this rate, we'll be done by nine thirty. <laughs> cool. All right, verse two. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but He has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He really is.
1: It kind of ends the verse. It's like we know that when Christ appears, we should not only be like him, but we'll see him. We shall see him for how or see him as he is. So, if we see God as all like he is to us, um, grateful, you know, mighty, all those good things that you know, we he is affirming his pouring love. previous verse and that verse
0: yeah. so as Christ followers we should long to be like Jesus and you know God's never going to force someone to be like Jesus or to accept him but you know there's the reality of hell and that's that's what hell is it's People who don't want to be like Jesus. People who don't want to accept his truth. God gives man what he really wants. And if you want to be like Jesus, it will show in your life now. And it will be, it'll be a fact throughout eternity. And if you don't want to be like Jesus, it will also show in your life now. And it will also be a fact throughout eternity. All right, I'm going to jump around a little bit right now. Um, Or kind of jump to another tangent for a second. Uh, Romans, actually, can someone turn to Romans 8.26? Or we could all turn there, either way. Romans 8.26. Romans 8.26 and 27. Does want to read that?
3: In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches for our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes
0: for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Mm-hmm. In simple terms, what does that saying? If you condense that even more.
3: The Spirit intercedes.
0: for. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, and and I think of a song. I feel like I'm, I may have brought this up before here in this group. Um, I think it's Casting Crowns. It's like shine, bright, let your glory. Its yeah, yeah, and it's like with groans only you can comprehend. Right, so it's like the Holy Spirit exactly is translating what it's saying here. Translates our groaning when. Um, The Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And I think of just when you're just so exasperated. Like maybe that's the best word to kind of use. When you're just so done, you're just mentally drained, spiritually drained. You're just kind of done with everything and everyone. And you get to a place where you're trying to pray, but you don't even know what to say. And you're just like... I don't even know what to say. <laughs> right? Like I know I've been there before. I don't know about you guys, but in those moments, the Holy Spirit is there interceding for us, saying like, I got this. Because the Holy Spirit lives within, us, lives within us. And so therefore he's like, I, I get it. I get what's going on. I'll translate this to the Father because like I, I get what you're trying to say. So it made me think of something. The closer you are, in relations to someone, the better they—they they already know your thoughts and and even sounds. Um. I think. Who has known me for the least amount of time in this room? Mm-hmm. Probably one of you guys. <laughs> How long? <laughs> I think it's Kendra, Cameron, or Joseph. Yeah. Since January. December. Since December. I uh, kind of known. Actually each other. Known each other a bit. Okay. But for any one of you three. No one else say anything. <laughs> for, for any one of you three. If I say the word, just one word, Bones, what comes to mind? A TV show. <laughs> a TV show? The
4: human body.
0: human body. Ezekiel and Dry Bones. Ezekiel and Dry Bones. All right. see three very different answers. All right. Who has known me the longest in this room? (laughs) And who knows me the most intimately in this room? Okay. And who who, who is also closely um, in close relations with me as well? Okay. On the count of three, when I say the word bones... What do you think of one, two, three? In my bones are good. Okay. great example. I did not plan it, By the way, I, I honestly did not. I'll that. So, <laughs> no. for those who I'm not in close relation to, or not in close relation to yet, or haven't known as long, a word is just a word. There, you have no context as to what I was trying to com- to communicate. If I just say the word bones, they know that I have many times very inaccurately sang the song, and I only know the one line of the song My bones are good. At the, time they're good. <laughs> 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 the only line that I kind of half know of the whole song.
8: Um,
1: so. every <laughs> time.
0: I feel like I know that song off of that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't yeah. place it. But In like a similar out. way, try, try to stick with me to my correlation here. In the same way, um, I'd say the, the longer you, you've been with one person, um, the more that you'll start to complete each other's sentences, know each other's thoughts, um, even say something before they even could speak it. Um, uh, for example, I, I heard of um, this couple who was married for 40 years. Where the husband was making a sandwich, um, the wife enters into the kitchen, and he, he says the, the wife's name. Uh, let's just say, let's just be like, honey. And he's like, honey. And she goes, no, I don't want a sandwich, thank you though. And he goes, oh, okay, no problem. He didn't have to say anything. She already knew what he was about to ask, and she responded by answering the question that wasn't said yet. <laughs> then again, he says the same word, honey. And she goes... Pickles are on the door, mayo's in the back of the fridge. Oh, thanks, babe. You know? And and then he gets it. Because she knows what's the come, that maybe he can never find the pickles. He doesn't know where the mayo is. She knows what he likes and that he doesn't know where it's at. Right, this is just kind of a silly example, but kind of shows that that deep intimacy. Um, the other day, <laughs> Yana called my name, and I responded with a mm-hmm. Or how? how would, You're just like, hmm. hmm? <laughs> but to her, she she took that as. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> so he does this a lot. Every time I say babe, and he goes "hmm," and I know that he um, is letting me know that he has I have his undivided attention. That he's listening to me, and I can say whatever it is I need to say.
5: So it gives me that, and it's just a hmm, and I already know. you <laughs> followed by a chin up and yes. like looking tightly in your
0: direction. <laughs> but it's, th- it's different than just hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you can understand those different, rows, different like, sounds, the hmm, like, hey, babe, hmm? Alright, it's, it's not that. That's kind of like, I'm not giving you any attention, I'm just kind of responding, but in a certain way that you can understand it, I'm giving you my undivided attention, Right? So, in that same way that we just read in Romans 8, 26 and 27, that the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that can't be expressed in words, in such an even deeper level than knowing what the word bones means and knowing how hmm is different than hmm, the Holy Spirit can so much better and more perfectly understand and translate our unexpressible words and be able to pray with us in such, a, in such a more perfect way than we can even comprehend here on earth right now. So in the same way, an earthly father knows what his child needs and what the child wants sometimes without even the child having to ask. The kid might just be looking at something and go, "Hey dad?" And the, the child the father might see, they've been, they've been talking about this toy for a while. They've been saving for this toy for a while, and now they see this toy in front of them. But the father doesn't even need to say, yes, son, yes, daughter, what is it? They already know what the father, what, what the child is, what they have on their heart, what they have on their mind. Being like, oh, you know, I know. I know, what you're, I know what you want. I know what you're asking for. And how much more does our Heavenly Father know our every need and desire if, if these buffoons <laughs> knows what bones means. When I say bones, they know what I'm thinking. Um, and and that my wife knows what hmm, means when, when she calls my name. How much more does the father know our every need, our every want, our every desire before we even express it? And how much more is it valuable to him when we do express it, saying, Father, I'm coming to you. I don't even know what to pray. Yeah, or in any, in any type of way that you might pray it, He knows. Okay we're going to go back to first John. Uh, Somebody want to reread verses three through six.
3: All who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure, just as he is pure. Everyone who sins is breaking God's law, for all sin is contrary to the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins, and there is no sin in him. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin, but anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him or understand who he is.
0: Cool. So we hit on that a little earlier on, um, Gary, when you were asking that question about, like, well, what does that mean that if you sin, you don't know him? So, um, yeah, we we pretty much hit all that on the mark um, of just not abiding in sin, not continuing to live in this habitual sin of of any habitual sin that it might be, to not abide in that, because otherwise we can't abide in Jesus. Verse 7, if someone were to to say, hey, don't let anyone tell you different, but blah, 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 and almost that that little preface is probably there for a reason because someone is trying to tell you something different. So you're saying like, hey, other people are going to say things differently, but you should believe this. That's what he's saying here. Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. So he's probably talking to people here who are trying to deceive him, whether intentionally or not intentionally, that certain things are not right and certain things are not wrong, that, hey, it is okay to do this. He's like, don't let anyone deceive you. When you do what's right, it shows that you're righteous, just as Christ is righteous. So do what he's doing. When people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. And again, that's that habitual sin. It doesn't mean, oh my gosh, today, like, I lost my temper, today I, I, I lied, or today I did this, yesterday I did that. Oh my gosh, I belong to the devil. That is not what he is saying here. Those who are habitually living in sin, if you are abiding in sin, you have made sin a place in your heart, and you are okay with it, and you've made peace with it, and you're good, and you're like, this is all right, and you're making excuses for sin, that's what he's talking about. Then you belong to the devil, because the devil has made a nice little home right there in your heart of like, hey man, it's okay, this is all good, don't worry about it. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning. Because God's life is in them. So what does that mean in verse 9? Those who have been born into God's kin. Those who have been born into God's family. What does that mean? Because we're all born here on earth. What does that mean to be born into God's family? To be born again
3: him, mm-hmm. get baptized, and you're born again. Clean slate.
6: Yeah.
3: Um, and this, rem- this makes me think a little bit of like um, like having two masters, you know, you, you mm-hmm. have God that you one day said that you accepted him as your Lord and Savior, but then you're like Okay, well, the devil is making things very appealing to me. So because I know that Jesus forgives me um, as many times as I continue to ask him to forgive me and he loves me. So, you know, uh, kind of p- picking favorites, whatever they, you feel like that day. Like, okay, well, I'm going to do the right thing here because this is what I feel like. And you're going to honor your master, Jesus. And then the next day, eh, I really don't feel like doing this. And later I can just go and do my little confession thing. So I'm going to serve my other master, the devil, here to, you know, please my own flesh or whatever it is. Um, instead of really being a child of God and abandoning that sinful nature.
0: Yeah. Yeah, having two masters doesn't work because... And the master's rules or commands are different than each other. You only obey one. Mm-hmm. If one master says, kill that person, and one master says, love that person, well, you can't love them by killing them. You can't kill them if you love them. So, Therefore, you're going to do one or the other. You're either going to love them or you're going to kill them. You can't have both masters.
5: Yeah, I think it's James that talks about like salt, water, and uh... Fresh water flowing from the same spring. Now this in that particular circumstance he's talking about blessing and cursing, but it's the same kind of vein of conversation.
0: Yeah. Well yes it is because
3: it all comes down to the posturing of your heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the posturing of your heart will determine the words that exit your mouth (coughs) and the actions that you execute.
6: it's so true cause oh man I keep leaning back it's so true cause uh the Holy Spirit convicted me like or not even the Holy Spirit the Father convicted me um you know being like you know uh how do I describe this like you know I was just playing basketball with a few friends and you know they would just cuss out and stuff like that they'll live like the world this was like somewhere probably two years ago last year when I was kind of like born again at that time but the Lord told me like you gotta um hang out with me only, holiness only, because when you hang out with them, it's like you don't see uh, angels and demons playing basketball together and stuff like that. So (laughs) I was like, you you told my older brother, like, picture just saying a holy angel shooting with a demon as if they're buddies, and then they leave the court and they go home, and then the next day they come back to the same court. It doesn't work out that way. It's like they fight against each other, so yeah.
0: Alright, in this last verse here, in this section. Verse 10. So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. So if that's the case, then how can you tell that someone is a child of God?
6: The fruit. You will know them by the fruit. Mm -hmm. What's
1: the fruit? Fruits of the spirit.
6: Yeah, love, peace,
1: Enjoy, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Yeah. Gentleness. Oh, mm-hmm. well, that's that one. <laughs> How many are there?
0: There are nine. Yeah, and I like that you said gentleness in a gentle way, Not like in gentleness. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> you I forgot it. I, I was thinking it. <laughs>
2: you got me. I wasn't really thinking about how I said it. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I took it. It, to natu- it naturally
1: came because you're fruit. So you exactly. There you, go. Yeah. there
0: you go. The gentleness showed in the wording of your gentleness. <laughs> yeah, so if anyone who doesn't live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God, then the opposite must be true. Those who do live righteously and do love other believers do belong with God, to God. So now what? What does this do? What does this change? What does this mean? What do we do from here? Do we do anything different? Mm -hmm. We just,
2: cool, fun Monday. See you guys next time. (laughs) What changes, does anything change? I think it's kind of like a remedy, almost. Like when it was like with these last couple verses from like four all the way down to 10. At least I didn't hear it says four to four. Just with, like, when it's talking about, like, the sin, like, if you don't, like, if you sin, you don't know God. Well, then if I know God, then I won't sin. So I think it's saying, like, if you find yourself either sinning more or having trouble with either one, multiple, or all, all this, like, one particular sin, or you're having difficulty with a sin, I think if you just, not reverse it, but do the opposite of what it's saying is bad, then know God. Be in the Word of God every day. Don't follow, don't go into the patterns of the world every day. If you want to not sin, you can't expect to just naturally become, oh, I'm sinless now. You have to know the Word of God every day. You can't, because I know like me personally, like if I don't read the Bible every day, or if I don't do a Bible study every day, or I don't try to understand the Word of God every day, those days suck. Like they really are hard. They're either from either past addictions or... Anything I just it's, it eats me alive if I don't. I was about to say yeah, spiritual warfare. It's like that spiritual warfare. If you're wondering like, man, God, why, why do I feel so distant from you? Well, then why are you so distanced from Him?
0: I think I think a, a key That's difference a mm-hmm. is you know to be set apart from this world, to be called different, be called holy, is not just you know no one's gonna come up to you and be like, hey man, I. I really see that you don't have a lot of sin in your life. <laughs> no, they're not going to say They're not going to be like, I really see that like, you don't have a lot of evil. You don't have a lot of hatred in your heart. No one's going to say that. It's not about the absence of sin, but the presence of God. Mm-hmm. It's about people will be like, hey, something's different about you. You've got this joy about you. You've got this smile. You've got this peace. You've got this love toward others. What, why is that? Why, how are you able to love people? How are you able to, to do that? It's not the absence of something that's going to set you apart. It's not a matter of, oh, I just don't sin. And so I'm set apart. I'm righteous. I'm holy. I'm with God because I don't sin. Well, that's good. But there needs to be a presence of something as opposed to just an absence of something. There needs to be the presence of God living in there with you.
2: As I think we about in Galatians. I think it's Galatians five. It was when we talked about. I think maybe a couple of weeks ago, or maybe you know, it might even mm-hmm. we're talking about like how we don't live like. Yes, there's the law. And we should abide by the law, but it's not that we're living by the law, and that's what's so great about us. Because that's what the Pharisees were trying mm-hmm. that, and clearly it wasn't working out for him. Jesus still had to come and be like, hey, there's something you're missing. It that mm-hmm. like when you just said, it's not the sin that is. It's not that we're not sinning. it's that there's the presence of God in our life. That it's not the laws and the works and the things that we do; it's that Jesus is our salvation. It's not we're not saving ourselves. It's not us. It's like Gary Bryan Canals saving Gary Bryan Canals. It's Jesus is saying, sa- "Saying saving me." Yeah,
7: for so, sure. I should get I some balance with it. But sin itself isn't really a verb. It's not something you do. It's not just a list of bad deeds. Mm. Sin is separation from God. Mm. Like at its core, that's what the word means. It's just being separated from God. So, like, obviously, if you're separated from the source of life, the only other option is death. So it's like when um, uh, somebody can't keep on sinning. I don't know some here, In here somewhere, it says that God's like life. Like when we're born again as a child of God, we have God's life inside of us. It's not that we don't, we no longer do bad things, but we have a connection with God that exists as a result of Jesus' work on the cross to restore the separation that sin and the fall caused. That's good. That's very true. And that helps you make sense of the earlier verses that are like, oh, you know, anyone who sins is is not a child of God it's like well I told a fib yesterday does that mean hmm. I'm not saying right. no like, you have a connection with God because Jesus helped restore that connection with you and you accepted it and it's
2: almost you know, like what? the recognition right yeah like I told it, like you saying that I told a fib yesterday it's kind of like proving that you do have the Holy Spirit in you because you clearly recognize that you did sin. you're not saying well yeah, God didn't see that right there's a
6: verse that says a righteous man stumbles like seven, seven times and rises back up and that's like that's like you know it's kind of like you explained earlier or who explained that earlier saying um kind of like you know the lukewarmness like thinking beforehand before you sin that's like actually sinning but when you sin by accident or like that's like the righteous man um I don't know am I wording it right? yeah like you, you guys understand what I'm saying? That's right right mm-hmm.
2: alright Holy Spirit's interceding right now. I yeah, no. I know.
0: <laughs> cool. Anything else, guys? Any final thoughts? Final questions? Cool. No, I, I, I like that. It's not just a matter of... It's not just like, oh, I sinned. Or, you know, like, it's not like, oh, man, like, tsk, tsk. Like, oh, I did a bad thing. Like, uh, but it's our God will forgive me. It's like, it's separation. Mm. It's like, it, it, if we just replace the word sin with separation from God every time, it takes on such a deeper meaning. It's not just like, those who abide in sin cannot abide in Jesus. Those who are separated from Jesus cannot be with Jesus yeah, because you're choosing separation of Jesus as opposed to being with Jesus. So yeah, you can't have separation and togetherness because you're choosing separation. And it's that's exactly what it is of you know, separation from God, because sin cannot abide with God and
7: God cannot abide with sin. Yeah, or like when it says everyone who sins is breaking God's law for for all sin is contrary to the law of God. It's like if you're specifically choosing something that it's only defining quality is it is outside of God yeah it's contrary to the law of God yeah. it almost seems redundant but
6: mm-hmm. that's what it means yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy because sin only lasts for a season so like your, your heart won't even be fulfilled to after you sin after a while and that makes me think like you know how the world always thinks like the world always thinks that we're the crazy ones like are hey, you're missing out all this stuff But yet their heart is like so miserable and things like Mm -hmm. that. But our heart, you know, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit actually like just gives us joy, all the fruits of the Spirit, joy, peace, all sorts of things, and like that's the thing that they're missing out on. But you know, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. I love that Mm -hmm, verse a lot. Yeah, right on the
0: right nail the head, right there. Mm -hmm. Awesome, cool, good stuff, guys. Um, Next week we're going to continue in with the same topic of. What it means to be a child of God, look at another um, section. Um, cool, I enjoy this. I, I, I get a lot from this too. <laughs> it's not just like, okay, I can't learn anything from here because that would be just full of pride, but I, I learn a lot from you all too. Uh, I enjoy it. Uh, cool, I'll, I'll um, pray and, uh, and then we'll split from there for a little bit. Um, Gary, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your goodness and for calling us children. God, thank you for calling us your children, uh, for each one of us being a son and daughter here. Thank you for bringing us into your family and just for what that means that you bring us into your house, into your kingdom for eternity. God, help us to not take that for granted and, and give us assurance that that is, that is where we're uh, called to be and that's where we're going to be at for eternity. God, if anyone questions where they're going to be for eternity, God, let them just come to you and and seek out who you are and to get to know you better, uh, to seek out others to get to know you better. God, we thank you for um, giving us an option, giving us a choice to to either abide in you or to not. And how much greater is it to abide with you than to not? Thank you for all these people here. Um, Pray for blessings over everyone, that you keep everyone safe, that you... Um, continue to use everyone here as a light in this world because it needs it desperately and I ask that um, yeah everyone can just can just abide in your word and uh, keep this truth these truths in your in their hearts uh, throughout the week and, and on and on from there to just uh, recall what it means to be loved by you, to be your child, to be recognized by you and to know that, not being recognized by this world is not a bad thing. God, we thank you for your goodness and for who you are and for who you've called us to be. Thank you for calling us children, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening. It's always a good time when God's presence is with us. I hope you enjoyed it and that you tune in again for the next episode of the Monday Night Godcast.